Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company, all right? We're a movement of everyday folks like you and me who are letting beauty break through the noise so it can transform our culture from the inside out. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm so pumped you're here. What's up, everybody? Uh, did you know that it's currently episode 27 of season three of the Love Good Podcast? All right, the reason I bring that up is because last season, season two, was even longer than our inaugural season, but it's still capped out at 26 episodes. And we are officially entering into the last few episodes of the longest season we've ever had of the Love Good Podcast. And that's just worth celebrating. In fact, we're not that far from our 100th episode in total. And we're definitely gonna throw a big party. It's gonna be epic. I don't know what that's gonna look like with quarantining and social distancing. We'll figure it out. It's gonna be awesome though. And you are definitely invited. In fact, mark your calendar as I'm turning over my content calendar here. July 21st, that's when we hit our 100th episode in three years, basically. That's mind-blowing. But I bring all that up because, as you know, Love Good, in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of this pandemic, and in the midst of this kind of horrible stretch of human history that we're all living through, we've seen incredible growth. And it has everything to do with you, everything to do with our listeners, our patrons, our artists, our apprentices, everybody who stands on the front lines of this movement. And and what is this movement? What is Love Good all about? It's about bringing beauty to the forefront of our lives. It's about letting beauty break through the noise of our culture. And with that comes hope. And with that actually comes a rebuilding of culture, which is exactly what the world needs right now. All that being said, many of you have been also tuning in every Thursday night for Let Beauty Speak. If you're not yet signed up for that, it's a free live streamed event that I'm hosting in the studio every single Thursday at 7 p.m. Central. Go check out the details at letbeautyspeak.com. Today, I'm just so thrilled, honored, privileged to get to introduce to you an artist by the name of John Mark McMillan. Now, some of you are like, what? John Mark McMillan, that's a big deal. And yes, it is a big deal. He has written some of the biggest songs for the church over the last 15 years. That is super exciting. What really was so cool about this conversation today, it was pretty heart to heart. And frankly, it was recorded back in February around the same time that his new album released, an album that we have been super excited about and definitely adding as many singles from as possible on to our playlist. In fact, the one that I've been crazy about is called God is Young. With the name of John Mark McMillan's new album is Peopled with Dreams. You've got to go check it out. You're gonna love it if you haven't already heard it. But the reason that this episode is so delayed in its release is frankly because the last few months have been crazy. And what's really neat is this conversation now feels a bit prophetic to me, given all that has transpired over these many crazy weeks and months of being quarantined, of feeling a bit hopeless, of recognizing the need for joy and especially gratitude right in the heart, right in the middle of chaos. All right. I cannot wait for you to enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Sit back, relax, prepare to get inspired, because in just a few moments, I'll be sitting down with John Mark McMillan. 
Well, John Mark McMillan, thank you for coming on and being a part of the Love Good Podcast today. How you doing? I am wonderful. How are you? Yeah, really good, man. I'm so pleased that even by the, the miracles of technology, it kind of sounds like we're in the same room right now, but we are not. I'm, I'm in Nashville. Where are you today? I am at home in Charlotte, North Carolina. Very good. Very good. Well, I was so pleased to hear from your manager, your publicist, and to be able to have this conversation today is a real joy. And obviously you're you're just coming off of the release of a brand new album. We want to hear all about that. But actually, before we do that, I would love to give our, our listeners a chance to just get to know you. And we'll, we'll probably start with the ridiculous and move towards the sublime. Is that okay? Uh, sounds great. Sounds like my life. Yeah, there you go. I think that's a lot of us, in fact. Okay, so think back to being in middle school, which is obviously an awkward and uncomfortable place to, to be. But in sixth grade, who was your favorite artist? My favorite artist in sixth grade, sixth grade, the big change happened between sixth and seventh grade, I think. I'm not very good at remembering exact years. Things are all pretty fuzzy, but somewhere between sixth grade and seventh grade, I discovered rock and roll. Nice. So it would have maybe been <laughs> on the one side of that line, it would have been Pearl Jam. And on the previous side of that line, it would have been like Sir Mix-a-Lot or something like that, some <laughs> sort of radio. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I don't know. We're probably about the same age. Pearl Jam was exactly what I was listening to in middle school, probably into early high school, actually. And I'm curious, at what point was the music that you were listening to influencing the music that you were creating? I'm sure at some point you, you began to identify those connections and influences, but, but who was the first? You know, it's a little hard to say because I picked up music late in the game, I think. I feel like most people start playing an instrument or singing, you know, in probably, you know, elementary school or definitely middle school. I feel like I really didn't start playing until my late teens, maybe 16, 17 years old. And I didn't start writing songs until my late teens, early 20s. But probably the first artist that I heard that I, that I felt like I could emulate was Adam Duritz of the Counting Crows. Mm. So, you know, the 90s are so full of that like amazing stream of consciousness type writing, which you don't hear much anymore. But when you go back, like everything is stream of consciousness. They start at one point and they end at another and who knows what happens in between. You know, even like Eddie Vedder, you couldn't understand what he was saying. And sometimes it's because he wasn't saying actual words. <laughs> and this stuff was, and this was on the radio. You know, I loved it because it's really about getting from point A to point B. And it wasn't so like topic driven the way music is today, you know, and, 
and it's fine either way, but I do miss a little bit of that ambiguity, you know, a little bit of that stream of consciousness from the 90s. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a bit of a side question and maybe a detour, sure. but I'm curious, you know, to what extent are you coming in to your songwriting with intention, with with a story to tell? How much of it is just this overflow of of pure spontaneous creative energy? And, and I'm sure there's there's no like black and white answer to that. But what what is your mo? Most of it starts spontaneously. So very rarely, if ever, do I sit down and say, "Here's a thing to write about. Let's write a song about X Y Z." I almost never do that. It just doesn't happen good for me. I've I've tried before. It's actually it's I've done it before and I've done it successfully before. But usually that type of thing is just frustrating. It's like here's an awesome thing. Let's write a song about it. It's like, well, it's already awesome on its own. Does it need a song? You know? And then is my song competing with the awesomeness of whatever it is, you know? And then maybe down the road, some of those things will just work their way into a song. But for me to sit down and say, all right, I'm gonna write a song about this. That's fairly rare or rare that I would do a good job of that. You know, it's like, I'm a, I'm good with the starting point. If you give me a destination and, and say, get here, I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, I have no idea. Or I'll have a destination and I'll head that way and I will never get there. I'll find something else along the way that's much more interesting. Yeah, totally. You know? So for me, it's very much in the moment. I'm much, I'm very much an intuitive writer. I've, and I've grown over the years where I can do that other type of writing, but I'm much more inspired in the moment, I think, when I'm writing from intuition. Yeah, I love that. And it actually reminds me of this quote from C.S. Lewis about whenever you're enjoying and really delighting in a friend, you know, there's just this moment of, of real friendship unfolding. He says, uh-huh. you know, as, as soon as you call it what it is, as soon as you acknowledge the the delight of that moment, it it fades almost immediately. You know, the delight does. Yep. The moment just d- d- suddenly disappears. Yeah, yeah. So there's something about letting things happen naturally and intuitively and, 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 and never trying to contrive those creative moments. So that's cool. And that makes a ton of sense. All right, man. Obviously, there's been so much going on in your life and your career and your artistry now for, for years. You know, for the longest time... I'm sure a lot of people like me knew you for having been the guy who wrote How He Loves, you know, and that was obviously a song that exploded. And I think it was soon after the writing of that song that I saw you live here in Nashville. And I I could have been, you know, right out of college at the time. But yeah, it was it was an amazing experience seeing you live. And it wasn't just about that song. It was this this completely raw, open and, and kind of vulnerable heart you know, that I kept experiencing, yeah, in your lyrics, but even in in your presence. And I want to say this was like a, you know, one of these kind of really cool and fairly intimate things that happened over on Lipscomb's campus years ago, uh-huh. probably 10 years ago. So yeah. I know that, you know, you're no stranger to, again, kind of vulnerable and kind of intimate moments with fans, you know, and I think that yeah. is that is so much of what is communicated in your lyricism, but also I think it's communicated live really beautifully. You know, for those who are, you know, just getting to know you as this brand new album, People With Dreams is releasing, for those who perhaps only know a song or two, you know, how would you briefly capture your story up until this point? You know, why are you making music? What motivates you and and what keeps your heart burning for the songs that you're writing, the artists that you're collaborating with, the projects that you're working on? Well, gosh, that's a huge question. So where should I jump in? 
I'll say number one is I have to do something creative sort of every day. It's if I don't, I have to do, there's a handful of things I got to do every day to be like a healthy human being. And over the years, I've just sort of discovered sort of what these things are. There's a checklist where like, if I, if I do these things, I can sleep pretty, you know, and one of those things, I got to do something every day, creative. I got to create something. It could be as minute as an Instagram post, you know, or it could be a song. And hopefully most days it's a song and not an Instagram post, but you know, so for me, like creating is just part of my lifestyle. It's, it's a thing I love to do. And I'm just really, really lucky that I also get to do that for a living. Cause that means I get to do it a lot. And so for me, I think every day I'm just excited to sit down and make something. So that's part of it is I think it's just part of who I am or has become part of who I am anyway. It's just, I like to, I like to write songs and I feel like if no one paid attention, I would still probably write songs. I probably <laughs> hope people were going to pay attention, but it's just a thing that I love. And at a certain part of time in my life, it became kind of therapeutic. And I'm always thinking about it. You know, I'm always thinking of ideas and things to put in my back pocket. So when I'm sitting in those moments, you know, I've got things to pull from. But I think more than anything today, because I, I mean, I've been doing this for two decades now. 20 years, my wife and I left our jobs in 2006 and I was doing it before that. But in 2006, we went full time and that's all that I've done since 2006. But I've been probably doing it in at least a part-time capacity since my early 20s and I just turned 40. So I'm right at 20 years. So I've had a lot of ups and downs and I've had days when I've had to get up and say, why am I even doing this? Like, what am I even doing? Why does it matter? And why does it matter so much to me? So that's been different over the years. I would say what it is today, if I have to like distill it and, and create sort of a, a, a simple answer, I would say that it's about gratitude. It's about gratitude, meaning... I want to not just be a grateful person, but I want to help people discover how grateful they are, mm. you know? And I, I guess there's different ways to look at being grateful, but a friend of mine says, gratitude is seeing the world correctly, mm. is the definition of gratitude, is the correct way of seeing the world. And so that's really, I guess, what I've been exploring the past two or three years and the last year for sure. And in all of my songs on the new record, that's been sort of the the thread. And even in like some of the sad songs, and I'm talking about hard themes like cancer and trying to talk to your kids about difficult things. And through all of that, still gratitude is kind of the major thread or theme in the whole record and in my whole life, because I just think that it's the best way to live, you know? And I think it's the it's it's the path to God or it's my path to God, it's through gratitude. And it's it's what I love, you know? I, I love thinking about, I love thinking about how beautiful the world is. You know, like you can choose, the, the world is full of all kinds of things that you could focus on, you know? And some of them are really, really bad. I mean, really bad. I've also been reading a lot of history, <laughs> you know? And the world is rough and it has been for a long time and it likely will continue to be a difficult and painful place to live. But at the same time, we exist. We're here at all, you know? And 
I have to kind of imagine that even all the negativity and even all the pain and suffering and things that people have to deal with, all those things to me actually reveal how good life is. You know, like if, if, if I break a chair and I throw the chair away, I don't have any emotional connection to the chair. But if I lose a friend, you know, if a person passes away, like that's real pain. The reason it's real pain is because there was something really, really beautiful there. It sort of reveals exactly how beautiful life really is. So that's kind of where I'm hanging out right now. That's kind of what I think about when I wake up in the morning. And that's kind of why I do what I do, at least in this season of life. Now, that was a really long answer. <laughs> no, it's a really good answer. And I, I love even just thinking about that word gratitude. You, you immediately reminded me of a quote by G.K. Chesterton. Are you by chance a Chesterton fan? Yes, I am. I actually posted a Chesterton quote today. That's amazing. Um, I know. Yeah. So I've been thinking about Chesterton a good bit. That's hilarious. So the, the quote that came to mind, it goes, it goes like this. It's real simple. Gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. You know, Yeah. you can't even pretend to be living the good life or chasing after happiness without, without gratitude. And I think that's so much of the artist's contribution to the world. And, and John Mark, that, that is your contribution to the world, to the church and, and to culture is to, is to never let us forget the power of gratitude and wonder and, and those two things coming together and, and really leading to that joy, you know, that we all long for. Yeah. We'll be back in just a moment with John Mark McMillan. All right, y'all, the album that John Mark and I have been hinting at, beginning to talk about over the course of this episode is called Peopled with Dreams. Believe it or not, he released it back on Valentine's Day. That's like February 14th, which feels like years ago, given all that we have been through since then. But it is an album that not only satisfies the love good standard, it's one that we could not be more excited to promote and to get you excited about yourself. So here's the deal, go to Spotify, go to Apple Music, wherever digital music is streamed and find Peopled with Dreams by John Mark McMillan. All right, my favorite on the album is actually by far God is Young. It's a song as you're gonna hear in just a little bit, very much inspired by G.K. Chesterton, but there's so many songs on this album that are epic, awe-inspiring, 100% helping us grapple with life's most important questions and even disposing our souls to virtue. All right, that all sounds kind of intense, but that is my way of saying, go check out People With Dreams by John Mark McMillan. Your wife is Sarah McMillan. Am I, am I making that up? Yep, she is. She's Sarah McMillan. Yep. Yeah, and there's obviously a lot of power couples who are out there creating. Does it get a little bit crazy with two artists under the same roof? What is that like within the context of marriage? You know, you see Christy and Nathan Knuckles. You see, obviously, people like Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. There's a lot of these couples that seem to just be living the perfect life. I know it's not perfect, right? But, <laughs> but looking in, people would admire that and they would respect it and they would, they would wonder what it's like. So what is it like for two artists to be married to each other? Yeah, well, it's definitely never dull. It's never boring <laughs> at our house. So like I spend a lot of my time with the music and Sarah is really, music is, I don't mean in terms of her ability, but in terms of her approach, music and is more of a hobby to her. It's not a thing she does every day. And in fact, she, she hasn't written a song in like two or three years and she'll come out and tour with me some but mostly she's at home. She likes to spend most of her time in the pottery studio. 
So she actually spends more time making pottery. And I think people have this idea that we like sit down and write songs together, but that like never, ever happens. (laughs) (laughs) Never. We have written songs together in a sense in that we did a, a small project together a while back. And mostly she had already had these awesome ideas you know, and I would have like one or two little things to add to them. But we never, we would never like sit down and write a song together. Or we've tried, but it's painful and it doesn't work very well. And so even like King of My Heart, she basically wrote that song. And I had this other part that it's just a thing I'd had for a long time that I was kind of sitting on. And I was like, I think this works at the end of that. And we tried it and it worked. So literally that is about as much songwriting as she and I have ever done together is she'll have an idea and I might throw something on the end of it or something like that. She's also very intuitive. And I've I've realized intuitive songwriters don't always write well together. Yeah, Not that you don't get along, but like we're both writing from a feeling and the odds that you would both be having the same feeling at the exact same time is uh, the odds are low, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And so it, it is interesting, like, I mean, I guess at the same time, I don't know what else to compare it to because that's what we've done since before we even had kids. We were traveling together and making music together. And I will say the kids, the you know, the family thing has created a challenge. We don't really travel with our kids. And we've had really cool seasons where Sarah's sister, younger sister, could nanny and watch the kids when Sarah would come out on the road with me. But once we got to the point where they were in school and where we had more than we could carry, you know, we have three now, it was sort of like it it was sort of like a lose-lose scenario to take them with us on the road. So we have to we have to work around that a little bit. And so I want I want to do more with my wife. I've been trying to encourage her lately, but she spends most of her time during the day over on the other side of the house in the garage working on pottery and I'm usually over here doing podcasts and writing music. So it's very similar in in that respect. You know, we're not sitting around like singing together all the time or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. That is super cool. And thanks for letting us kind of get a little yeah, glimpse yeah, sure. of, of life behind the veil there. All right, let's, let's move into People with Dreams. I just want to chat about yeah, yeah. the opening lyrics and I'm going to share yeah, them. Yeah. Just real briefly here, there is a garden in the void in the desert of space, a speck of blue dust in the vacuum of heat. We drive to work, we walk our dogs, we make babies, we sing songs, and all along are we asleep inside the miracle of it all. Jamark, I can't imagine a more perfect way to start an album. I mean, it's, it's asking the exact right question. And I think it's where so many of us find ourselves when, when we're devoid of gratitude and wonder we aren't catching the miracle of it all, right? We're, we're going yep. through the motions. We're caught up just in the, the routine or, or the noise of our lives. I'm so curious, why did you start the album with this, this lyric and this track? And really, you know, is, is this album, is it a bit of a, a journey? You know, what is the hope for your listener from start to finish, you think? Yeah, well, so I, this was very intentional. And it was one of the few times I've ever done this before. I I thought it would be really cool to start the whole record with a song called Christ Jesus. I thought that would be kind of bold, you know? So I thought, well, I'm going to have to write a song called Christ Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) But most of the songs on the album have two meanings. And, you know, I mean, a lot of my songs have two meanings in the sense that one is a metaphor 
for something else. But on this album, like a lot of the songs have two actual meanings. Like they can actually mean two different things and they don't take away from one another. And this is one of those songs where it's called Christ Jesus, but also it's about living on earth. You know, if you've ever seen a picture of the earth from outer space or from the moon, it's really, really hard not to consider the significance of life, you know, from that perspective. And you see that, and and I know you, 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 you got one word wrong and it's cool because I've noticed everyone online is <laughs> quoting that song and they get the one word, but it's a vacuum of hate, H-A-T-E, ah. not a vacuum of heat. And this is what I mean by that is, if you get one click away from the earth, if you realize how tiny the earth is and how like the only place in the universe that we can exist is this speck of dust, right? And that's legitimately what it is. When you get far enough away from it, you realize that we live on a tiny speck of dust and it's the only speck in the entire universe where we could exist. Maybe there's another place and I'd like to think and if the universe is infinite, then probably there is. But even if that's true, it's so rare that it might as well not be true, mm. right? It's like, there's only this little place. And if you get one click away from our little spot, right? Then the universe will kill you. <laughs> you know, outer space hates you. And if you get one click away from our little, our little shard, you're toast. But against all all the odds, like we are on this little thing, you know, we're here. And some days I think it's real easy to see life as common. You know, if I look at my neighbor, you know, the person lives across the street, like their house looks normal. They look at me, my house looks normal. That seems pretty normal until you back up, spend some time in Japan and maybe my neighborhood looks a little less normal, but still pretty normal. You know, you get a little further away, you're starting to get into outer space and you realize like, there is nothing normal or common about us at all. Mm. You know, like we're, the life is insanely rare, you know? And so we sort of like won this cosmic lottery by existing at all in the first place. It's sort of the greatest miracle, in my opinion. The greatest miracle of all is the one that we miss the most, right? Is that, that Jesus dreamed us up in the first place. You know, and so many people like miss that. And their whole lives, they're sad. Their whole lives, they're frustrated. And there's nothing wrong with being sad or frustrated. That's me too. But we spend so much of our lives feeling insignificant, right? And looking for a miracle, whether that miracle is like an actual sort of supernatural miracle, or maybe that miracle is a relationship, or maybe that miracle is a new job or some sort of prestige or, you know, we're sort of always got this idea, this thing that's going to make us you know, and it's, and it's, and one of the great tragedies is, is how many people never realize that the greatest miracle of all is the fact that they exist at all, you know, yeah, is the fact that they exist at all. And, and so I'm trying to live in that, you know, and think about that and, and, and entertain those ideas and fellowship with that fact every single day. And that's why I wanted to open up the whole record with this song, because this sort of defines the theme of the record for me. This sort of defines, you know, the journey. And not that I did it that way, not that I wrote it as a journey, but, you know, I was, I was in these same themes as I wrote all of these songs. And so there is that thread. And for me, that song, Christ Jesus speaks to the, if there's a story arc, it's, it, that song speaks to it. 
Mm. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's so cool. And I think it's a posture. It's a, it's a disposition that a lot of us lose, you know, so early in life. You you Mm -hmm. don't see kids devoid of wonder, devoid of, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the miracle of discovery, right? Because for Mm -hmm. them, it's constant, you know? Yeah. It's funny. There's a lot of other songs that I I would like to talk about, but, but the other one I just have to ask about is God is young, which, which feels very connected there. When you think about, again, this quote from Chesterton about a father in heaven who's younger than us because we've grown old in our sin. We've lost our, our sense of wonder. What went into that song? Cause it's, it's probably my personal favorite, but I'm still digging in and I can't wait to listen to this album quite a few (laughs) more times all the way through. Yep. Well, I think you nailed on the head. So that song is really inspired by the Chesterton quote. I've had this idea for a while and and people look at me a little sideways when I say this at first, but I think it makes sense. So I think that you can't, no one will ever invent a time machine, right? Because time is only the measure of change. Mm. So to go back in time, the only way to go back in time would be to unchange everything at the same rate, right? So there's no way that like you're going to unchange the world and you're going to stay the same. And there's no way you're going to unchange the universe anyway, right? So time is just the way we measure, we measure things, you know? So if you think about it in that sense, the present is the only thing that has ever existed. There's only ever been the present. And so we're dominated by what's happened to us in the past, which doesn't exist anymore because it's not the present anymore. It's the past is not there. It's literally not there. And the future doesn't exist yet right? Like it, it will exist one day, but when it does, it will be the present. So the past and the future are not actual things. They're not things that exist. They're both perceptions, right? And so this idea of God is young and maybe we're the ones who grow old. It's, it's sort of a song about being in the present, you know, it's sort of a song. Uh, and once again, about gratitude, you know, is instead of looking to the future for your happiness or look into the past to define who you are. It's sort of like, can you be at all or in wonder of what's happening right now? You know, that quote Chesterton talks about how the kids like to do things over and over and over and over again, because it's always fun and they never get tired of it. You know, but we sort of grow tired of things. We lose the reality of certain significances you know, because we're sort of like in anxiety about the future or in shame about the past, Mm. you know, instead of realizing that like those two things are relevant, right? You learn from your past and you got to think about the future a little bit, or you're going to be in a mess when the future becomes the present. But what matters the most, in my opinion, is how you relate to the present and, and being able to see the present as a blessing and the present as a miracle and being able to find goodness and significance, even in the day-to-day seemingly boring or common things that you do, <laughs> you know? And, and kids, you know, you see a cow, the first time you see a cow, you know, I remember my kids would stop the car. I was like, what, what? And they're like, it's a cow. Like, <laughs> of course, it's a cow, you know? But you forget that like a cow is really interesting. You know, it's this massive beast. It's a massive beast. And they have horns and they make noises and they eat so much grass to get so big. And it's kind of a mind-blowing thing. You know, if you've never seen a cow before, you realize they're significant. And over time, you just sort of decide that that's a common thing. 
you know? Mm. But it's true with everything, a rock or a frog or the clouds. Now, all these things are like really significant things. They're really beautiful things, miraculous things maybe even. And kids know that and we sort of write them off. You know, that's one thing I love about being a dad is I get to rediscover the significant things in life that I, you know, grew out of <laughs> at one point, you know? Yeah, I love it, man. And in a, in a separate essay, Cheshire talks about how with, with every new life brought into the world, the world is in fact put on stage again and again, right? Yeah, that I love not, it. not on stage, it's put on trial, sorry. That, that in a very <laughs> real way, creation begins again for that soul and the world mm-hmm. is, is tested yet again to, to be what it's supposed to be, you know? Really amazing stuff, man. Well, I'm so pumped it. to get the word out far and wide about people with dreams and and just this through line of gratitude. And it's a need that I think would be resonant in, in so many human hearts, especially in a culture that is increasingly full of, of anxiety. You know, there's like an yeah, epidemic totally. of anxiety mm-hmm. in the world today. And so much of that can be healed or at least battled against with with gratitude and the joy that overflows from it. Even just as you put it, that that cosmic lottery that we have all stepped into, right? The miracle that God yeah. even dreamed us up in the first place. Uh, yeah. What a beautiful place to, to be. And as you put it, a life-saving truth to make fellowship with every day. Just amazing stuff, man. So as, as we're, you know, listening to this album and and obviously sharing it on social media and, and far beyond. What are the best ways for our listeners to stay in touch with you? Um, I'm pretty active on, I'm probably more active on Instagram than anywhere else. So you can follow me on Instagram. I'm technically on Facebook and Twitter, but I spend more time on Instagram, I think. So and I try and read all the comments. I try and read everyone. So if you uh, want to connect, I think that's one of the best places to connect is on the Instagram. It's amazing. Well, John Mark, it's been an absolute privilege. Thank you so much for making this happen and we'll hope to do it again sometime. Yeah, thank you so much, man. It's really been an honor. I've really enjoyed this time. Time it isn't real Just the measure to change That's got you running in circles It's got you chasing your tail It's got you running in circles It's got you up on the Pretty amazing conversation with John Mark McMillan today. What a joy. I 100% wish we lived in the same town and we could be friends. I think we would enjoy coffee. I certainly would. I'd probably be just taking notes the whole time because every other sentence that comes out of his mouth is so like deeply poetic and philosophical. And it just leaves my heart and my mind hungering for more and perhaps not more of him specifically, but more of beauty truth, and goodness, and ultimately God, where we find all of those things perfectly fulfilled. And for those of you who are perhaps just tuning in to the Love Good podcast for the first time, that's what we are all about, all right? Love Good exists to promote 
artists to fund their projects, to invest in the beauty that they and only they can bring into the world, knowing that that investment then helps build a better culture, the kind of culture that we can be proud to raise kids in. And the reality is right now, we're in a horrible moment historically, right? One that is full of confusion, one that is full of lost jobs and certainly real broken dreams. And with that comes an opportunity, an opportunity to rebuild, an opportunity to bring beauty yet again to the forefront of our lives and to let that be the the, the great impetus for building the kind of culture that we can all be proud of. So I don't know where you stand out there, if you're a Love Good patron or not, but our patrons are the ones who make this podcast possible. They make our weekly Let Beauty Speak live stream possible. They make all of the content that we push out even on social media by way of email and YouTube and certainly our seasonal packages. Patrons make it possible. And so we just can't thank all of you enough who are out there invested in love good and invested in culture, invested in these artists that we know and that we love. All right, y'all. Hope you have an amazing rest of your week. I'm so excited to be sitting back down with Father Ryan Adorjan next week on actually his last episode of the season. He's been one of our regular contributors. It has been a real joy getting to sit down and talk with him. And again, this will be his last episode of the season. All I can say is get ready. It's always deep. It's always hilarious. And it's always a joy with Father Ryan. All right, y'all hang in there. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week. Peace. Massive thanks for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. If you like this week's episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, share it on social media, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and then join us on the front lines of building a better culture by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Our patrons get all kinds of incredible exclusive content, such as a weekly long-form video of the podcast, a monthly live stream house concert with our artists, and a seasonal package that will raise your standard for music, books, and art forever. Thanks again for tuning in. It's an honor to accompany you as you change the world.